Hi, and welcome back to Creatives Chat. <laughs> Peter, who have we got lined up on our show this week? Ooh, Rusty, our guest was born in Moscow, Russia, moved here to the States with his family in 1991. From childhood, he was fascinated by the concept of wisdom and sought it out wherever he could find it. He studied to be a psychotherapist at NYU, has worked in a wide variety of therapeutic settings. His search for understanding eventually led him to the dream of building a spiritual academy, which combines the teachings of Buddha with the teachings of sacred plants. We have Mr. Alexi Soma. All right, let our show begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Human Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at JazzPianoPro.com Everybody, let's meet Alexi. And with that, I just got to say, Alexi, thank you so much for coming on Creators Chat. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad to be here, man. So I guess one of the things that really stands out to me, and I really want to touch on it first, is I got introduced to you from Gary Haskins on your Consciousness Perspectives episode. And one thing that really resonates with me heavily with you is this vision of the future, this unification of the Dharma, the... I guess you would call them, you know, I would like to see them as sacred plants, you know, and just these real universal teachings of the ancient wisdom that have been passed down for generations and this integration and how we can really make this new world the better place that we all know is possible. So what was your real inspiration for all of that? Solid first question. This man knows what he's, he's got interviews. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share. Briefly, I was always kind of drawn to wisdom and wisdom traditions and started as a kid, like reading fairy tales. I was growing up in what was then the Soviet Union, and uh, we had a lot of great, great translation of fairy tales from different nations Wow! in the house. And then, and I was also from a kind of, I guess, ethnically and religiously mixed family where Christianity, Judaism, and Hinduism were part of my heritage. Uh, my mom's dad was from India. My grandma is Jewish. Father's side is Christian. So there was this kind of spirit of open inquiry. I never, many people have, have experienced, you know, some, some, some trauma from spiritual traditions, from religious traditions, but I, I never yeah. had that. Mm. Kind of became agnostic, as many people do when I became a teenager. <laughs> and, you know, but there was a door that remained open for me, and that door was the Buddhist tradition. Because it didn't really require that much faith. You know, it was just come and see is, is, is always the, the invitation. Yeah. Of, question, of the question and realize. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that phrasing. And that kind of led me down a road where I went to grad school and became a therapist basically started working in our in the American mental health system uh, hospital setting 
you know, what's called partial hospitalization, where people are kind of like trying to return to their everyday life. Yeah. And I saw a lot of terrible flaws in that system and a lot of good also. It's yeah. not, I don't want to, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. A lot of good, a lot of good people, but clearly there's something going on in the United States and on earth where we're going in a direction of suffering and even annihilation, self-annihilation. Mm. Almost the kind of addiction that's leading to our destruction. Yeah. And I was, you know, looking at that, thinking about it all, trying to learn, thinking maybe there's something I'm not seeing. I saw that as a mental health field, we weren't able to bring community to people. Yeah. And that the epidemic of loneliness was devouring people wow. from the inside. Mm. And, you know, I had a important relationship fall apart. I was living in New York City at the time <clears throat> where I studied and, and, and was working. And I myself entered into a kind of dark night of the soul period. Yeah. That was very, very awful. <laughs> and I had to leave my work as a therapist because I, I couldn't, wow. couldn't do that work yet. And I, I had to move in with my family for a while. And it lasted for a year and a half, actually, this, dark, this period of darkness, mm. where many of my faculties were kind of reduced. I wasn't even able to speak as I usually speak or formulate thoughts as I usually formulate thoughts. Wow. Sometimes I think of it as a kind of what, you know, traditionally would be called the, a, a shamanic initiation, yeah. where the individual is sort of killed in a way. Yeah, everything's just shattered and wiped off. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, oh, you think you know what you're doing? <laughs> and also, sometimes I think of it as the universe just being like, you're taking way too long to figure all this out. <laughs> uh, here, why don't you just die for a little while? And then, and then, we'll exactly. see what happens on the other side. Yeah, and how long does it take you to really uh, come back to that beingness of like, well, who am I? Where am I at? Like, what's what is the foundation of my truth? Exactly, and yeah. to reconnect to something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Right. And it so happened that at one point not necessary to go into all the details right now, but there was a particular day on which I traveled somewhere. It was an ordinary day, an ordinary place that I traveled to. But on that particular day, all of my faculties were returned and I became completely well, uh, which was to me mind blowing. I had not ever met anyone that that had happened to as a you know mental health professional, I it really was outside of my usual paradigm of how things work. Hmm. And it was a kind of it was very amazing. <laughs> Let's just say, because I also I didn't perceive beauty for that year and a half, and suddenly I saw all the beauty of the world all, all at once. That's know? so powerful. It was really amazing. I would just sit and stare at the sky, you know, and marvel at its beauty. Yeah. 
And after that, I moved to Philly, to Philadelphia, where I live now. Uh, I, I you know, a couple of really close friends were living here. I moved from New York to Philly. I was always kind of drawn to, to Philadelphia. And I started thinking, well, what about other people who are in that same dark place that I was in? Wow. How can they be helped? Mm. And I started reading the research on sacred plants coming out of John Hopkins, NYU, Imperial College of London, all these fancy, very, very like science to a degree has become our faith, you know, and, and yeah. love and respect science. Yeah. And it was, it couldn't be argued with. It was just like people take these sacred plants, have a mystical experience, fear of death, severe depression, right? These things are removed. Yeah. So far ahead of anything that was, I was seeing or anything actually that we're capable of mm. in the, from the psychiatric side of the therapeutic professions. Mm. And to some degree, from the sort of talking side also. Not to disrespect either one. They, they're both important and have their places. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, it's a yes and kind of, kind of thing, right? So long story short, to kind of walk the answer home, <laughs> that led me down a path of inquiry and searching mm-hmm. where I came to the conclusion that if we can put together a sangha, you know, we might say like a neighborhood church in, in kind of common common speech yeah. or in the Buddhist tradition and you know, certain traditions, we say sangha community, that brings together the teachings of the Buddha with these sacred plants. Mm. And if it can be done in an extremely ethical, loving way. Yeah. One such flourishing community can be a seed that grows into a tree, and that tree can give many other seeds where another person, like you, for example, right? Let's say we're, we're both in community together, could plant that seed in your neighborhood. Where do you live? Seattle. <laughs> Bam, Seattle. I hear, I hear y'all have good rain, you know? <laughs> Plenty of environment for everyone to flourish out here. Uh-huh. In space. But yeah, I see that. I resonate so that, with that. That was kind of the, the road. Yeah. That was kind of the road, and that's what I'm trying to walk towards. Well, to me, it's a beautiful journey of self-realization and discovery. And I think the one thing that I really want to highlight about it first and foremost is the fact that that aspect of loss, you know, that aspect of having to break something down to break through. And it's a powerful, it's a powerful alignment when we go through it because our modern day solutions don't necessarily address these deeper introspections when you do lose that much of you know the current paradigm and that's something i've actually found too in terms of mental health i mean we have mental health issues and those who are suffering from it is something that's very common 
out here in the Northwest um, in terms of like our homeless population. And in my experience from just communicating and just hanging out with some of them, it's it's been experienced as the knowing of, wow, they they had a, some of them actually had like a profound mystical experience, just one of those natural trauma-based out of bodies where it just caused all these paradigms to shatter. And they're just people that are just needing of the healing. So when you speak on this journey where it's, you know, I just want to say, I commend you for your courage because it takes a lot to stay persistent to really give yourself that opportunity of grace for life just to be like, all right, they've they've suffered enough. They've they've let go of enough. Let's let's dose it with some grace, you know, where you wake up back to this beautiful reality that we experience. So it's just it's super cool to tap in with you and just the fact of bringing the Sangha understanding and its truest potential is really eye-opening for me because that's where I see it. I'm like, yeah, it's a blueprint. That's a model that we could spread throughout the world easily. And we lack that as people nowadays. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it's an idea. And I'll say it very briefly, although I think your words imply this. Yeah, my recovery, right, it, it was not through any effort of my own. <laughs> It just somehow happens. It's still mysterious to me. I'm just grateful, right? I'm just right. <laughs> Thank you. Let me try to do something useful now. I'm trying to do something good. I love it. But yeah, when I share, you know, this idea with people, and I've shared it with quite a few people. You know, I spoke to, for example, Bill Richards, the chief psychologist mm. at John Hopkins. Uh, he very kindly invited me to his house to, to speak to him about it. Uh, I spoke, I've spoken to a number of people in the sciences and in uh, arts and in the, the spiritual traditions. Now, a lot of folks in Peru, a lot of a lot of people who uh, hold some of these traditions in an unbroken lineage. Oof. Everyone is just kind of like, yeah, okay, like that's. that's Sounds like that's doable and good. Yeah, what I like about the idea is it's 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 simplicity. Yeah, it's simple actually. We're you, we're just bringing we're just connecting to you know what's already here. Sort <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. already here exactly. Yeah, we're just connecting to literally plants. Doesn't get much more basic than plants. With all of my respect, <laughs> you know, for those teachers. Oh, yeah. And the Buddhist tradition, it's 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 tried and true. Yeah, and that's one of the things about Buddhism that's always drawn me. I've considered, you know, the Buddhist teachings as some of the most pivotal keys to self-realization and self-mastery in my own journey of life. And it's simply just based on that path of inquiry and just objective observation. And even when looking at that and like the kind of total scope of really the, the year, like the ancestral yearning that I feel of like the Sangha community you're really looking to build is that concept of that rite of passage, that, that bringing people together to a common source, their, their home, planet earth. You know, it's that unification with where we live, with what we are, that has been so disconnected in like the modern day church of science, that that's one of the reasons why it's so interesting to see your experiences just in terms of like the mental health aspect of just our modern day structure of just how it, it lacks the one thing that humans really need, and that's love. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you know, one thing I'll say as far as science is concerned, <laughs> I, I just want to want to I, I want to really emphasize this. Mm. Science, I'm kind of envisioning it as okay, like I have this little stone here that looks like a heart. Actually, somebody gave it to me as a gift on this uh, Peruvian trip. And it essentially is a triangle with three points, right? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm using it a little bit also as a triangle. Mm. So there's the sacred plants on one point and the kind of indigenous traditions that teach us how to work with them reverentially, respectfully, because it's not just the plant. Yeah. It's an entire culture mm. that is behind that, that has been taught over millennia to the people of those lands. All yeah. those parts of the culture are very, very important. Mm. There's also the Dharma, the, you know, the teachings, the teachings of the Buddha and the truth, really. We can also speak of it as, 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 as the truth. Yeah. But for simplicity's sake, because it's it's one truth, it can be Sufi, it can be Christian mysticism, you know, yeah. it's one truth. But we do need a good container. And so we'll speak of the teachings of the Buddha as the second point. Mm -hmm. The third point of that triangle is science. Yeah. It's fine. very, very important for that, for all three of those to be present, for the structure to be very stable. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. So I, I, just, I just wanted, I just wanted that because, yeah. You know, well, that's a beautiful statement. It brings back the unification of what they were always intended to be, a system taught together. And I feel like that's the point yes. of our evolutionary path is to really harmonize these teachings and practices into one cohesive form that really does allow it us to bring in our full potential as people and, you know, divine beings. And it's, I love the way you put that. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thanks, chat first. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can say, you know, one more piece about that you know all those kind of uh yeah all those old school old school you know in philly maybe would say all those ogs all, all those amazing old school masters right you take you take a person like pythagoras that gave us a lot of our principles of geometry and music kind of you know we wouldn't have guitars i mean we eventually somebody would figure it out but he was the first one to the party right yeah. uh, who, who understood how fretboard is to be divided the mathematical principles of music yeah. you know he was an extraordinarily spiritual person and it's pretty clear that because the people were living so close to the land there was great mm. knowledge of these sacred plants in Greece. There were, oh, yeah. of course, the Eleusinian mysteries that lasted for millennia, right? It's pretty clear that Pythagoras used these tools also. 100%. And I think that some of his insights, I suspect, I, I didn't know the guy, but, <laughs> but it kind of adds up logically that some of his insights were probably uh, helped by the plants or by the experience of a human being and the plant coming together. Oh, and then yeah. you look at some of these great minds like 
Tesla or Einstein, these are extraordinarily spiritual people. Newton, you know, very, very yeah. profoundly spiritual individuals that didn't see any distinction between science and spirit. Mm. It's all just truth. Ooh. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I resonate with that. And it's something that, again, like we just I feel like it's something that gets memory hold for a lot of, especially in America, that we just have such a disconnect from understanding that all these great minds throughout the history that the now it is one of those things where it's kind of seen the manifestation of it now, but it's almost like the ruling class or the elites or the more fortunate they had, they were the ones that had this opportunity to actually have these really mystical experiences to go into these sacred rituals of initiation and to come out on the other side with this profound understanding. And that's one of the things that I've seen kind of echo itself throughout even just our modern time is those that are really tapped in have had some type of, I guess you would say good fortune to get into it. So I'm kind of curious, you know, you talk about this in the green room where you mentioned, you know, getting back from Peru for three months, this, this kind of revitalization of connecting with sacred plants and a lot of like ayahuasca retreats, that's, that's one of the things that I've seen is almost like that filter that a lot of the people that are deeply, deeply disconnected really don't ever once have the opportunity to really even know about these traditions right. or even have the opportunity to experience them. It's almost like you have to have that leg up a little bit already to even get down there and to experience it. That's right. Yeah, I saw that a lot, you know, traveling, uh, traveling over there. That's why, you know, it's very, very important. And I kind of, yeah, on that, on that website, I, I, I tried to put it right up front and center at the top that this, like any true spiritual community, you know, you don't, you don't have to pay to walk into a church or a synagogue or a mosque. And it's really... Actually, I think that a kind of sacred building like that, it's a kind of technology that we have as human beings. Like, we're going to come together, we're going to build this insanely beautiful thing, yeah. and it's going to be for everybody. Yeah. You know, mm. you go to the Notre Dame. Let's say, I don't know how it's doing right now. I'm probably still rebuilding, but I, I had a chance to visit it once. And you just walk in and you're just surrounded by extraordinary beauty. You don't have to right. pay a penny. Yeah. So I think that there's a way that if the vision is pure and good, mm. that there's a way to create this where it's not a for-profit model. It can't the sacred cannot mm. be for profit. Yeah. It, it, that's fine. There can be a model like that. There can be a model of, of retreats and that can attract particular expertise, right? You're still going to need people with particular, uh, let's say therapists in society. It's a particular skill set. But I think that, yeah, we could have a situation where those with means share and those without uh, contribute in, in, 
in in their way yeah. and you know dana in 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 the, in the buddhist kind of language generosity that it's it's a sacred economy a gift and generosity based you know a ship that sails on generosity yeah 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 i think See. we can do that and that it's very important to do it yeah, I think that's an, a necessity for it. Purely, I really like what you said that, you know, the sacred cannot be for profit. That's definitely disconnected from a lot of people. They're, they're caught up in that, those primordial, like that security, the, you know, with the modern tensions of today with having to have money and things to, to live and experience stuff. So it's so interesting where it's like, yeah, that's truth. That's truth right there. Like, we have to, we, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that's the opportunity here where it's like, I don't think it's that hard actually. Right. I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that difficult. I mean, I really think that you bring together some people that are good at sharing narrative, let's say by video, by, you know, you bring together some sound engineers, video people, you know, bring together a team <laughs> Explain to people around the world what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. And I think people will, will raise money together so that folks can have an opportunity to bring the project into to life. And I think that these things can kind of, at a certain point, you know, generate their own momentum. You see that in the spiritual traditions. It was always just people bringing money together and... and yeah trying to learn some good things and be nice to each other you know we mostly messed it up terribly <laughs> well it's great just to hear that too it's always refreshing because that to me that to me is the full potential of what we can really utilize these technologies for like ever more than ever and i think that's the coolest aspect of where we're at is this kind of tipping point in society is the the heart is awakening fully for so many out there that we're now being able to utilize these different tools, these mechanical, physical, you know, we can almost say like the scientific tools, one part of that pyramid or the triangle to really bring out the other two components of like our compassion, our community. And that's the fascinating thing here is we're, we're beginning to really harmonize and come back to that state where we're not getting led by our technology that we're now fully utilizing as a tool. And then it becomes just another tool as all these other, you know, sacred plants are spiritual tools. Right. So it's beautiful just to see. And this is the vibe that I'm like, yeah, this is the new wave. It's coming. I love it. Well, maybe I'll add just one more, one more piece to it and, and see what you think uh, of this. Always. <laughs> just kind of, so I've been, I've been thinking about how, you know, we, we've got we've got the dollar sign, right? And there's an uh, there's a kind of line and axis running through the dollar sign. Mm. Right now, that line, metaphorically, poetically speaking, uh, that line in the middle of that of, of the dollar sign is the central axis around which everything else is rotating. Everything is measured in relation to its distance and relationship to that central axis. Yeah. So when that is the central axis, the only possible outcome can be collapse. Mm. 
That's the, only, that's the only possible outcome, you know, not through any wild conspiracy or, or anything like that. It's just that if we're all being taught that that's how we measure everything, then we're going to continue becoming more and more individualistic. And no matter how much we like the word green, let's say, you, you know, it ain't going to happen. The whole thing is going to collapse. Yeah. So I think that our task, you know, as the generations that are, that are alive right now, we're, we're kind of tasked in a very special way mm. that no one has been tasked with before. And if we mess up, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, <laughs> it's like a really, really great Hollywood plot, you know? So I think that our task <clears throat> is to shift the central axis from this dollar sign, the center of the dollar sign, where the center must become whatever symbol you wish to use. Sometimes it's represented by a tree. Sometimes it's mm. represented by a fire, but the central axis must become the sacred. Oof. Oof. And, 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 you know, I don't mean like grandpa God with a beard. <laughs> of course. Of course you not. Know, I, I, I mean the, the sacred dimension that we can connect to it very directly when we yeah. uh, do spiritual practice or, you know, work with these sacred plants or even better combine this yeah i think that if we can shift the center the the, the gravitational pull towards the sacred and people mm. want to be well and happy and, and rejoicing right and when you shift yeah, it yeah. in that way that happens mm. if we can do it sufficiently the generations that are alive right now, even though very little kids, if we can do it sufficiently within our lifetimes, we can shift the trajectory that we're on sufficiently. Yeah. Where, you know, we can keep rocking and rolling. For <laughs> I like the way you put that. That resonates so deeply with me. And that's definitely... Yeah. I love that the just the imagery of the dollar sign and just that point of vertical movement, just that access point. It's so powerful because the way I like to see it is it's revealed through the subtleties of our being, right? It's if we shift the focus purely to the internal I, you know, that I am presence. And it's almost like taking the individual that's manifesting from this kind of money based system, this, you know, this fight or flight world that we're conditioned into that forces us to really focus on being individuals. Cause again, we have to fear for everything. We only have, we can only worry about ourselves and we transition that just ever so slightly to still look within yourself, but come to understand what is that I based on? Where does that individual come from? And through that natural enfoldment, the sacred is just revealed. Because once we clear the ground of what we're not, we're left with what we are. And that's the beauty of it, where it's like, it's already here. You don't got to go anywhere, yo. Like That's right. That's right. That's right. It's actually the closest thing to you already. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's like, and I really, I really align with that, the sense of even just teaching children. I've had a few experiences 
this summer and then in the past like of my like 10 years of education experience of practicing this kind of dharmic teaching for for children and opening them up to this understanding that you know self mastery is of is it's the ultimate expression of self love and that self love leads us to this eternal fountain that is just it over it's always overflowing and then we can come to that mastery point where you can use the different spiritual tools of meditation whatever form you choose creative expression to really blossom and unfold your pureness that you're meant to express you know and that's that's something that is really nail on the head alexi i love that but the question here is in terms of that in terms of that uh time we got left you know I really do see it as that sense of urgency as well. You know, I really don't think we have that much time before the generations coming up are completely caught up in that and trapped in that world of materialization or materialism, whichever way you like to think about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, it's worrisome, you know, <laughs> to say the very least. Because actually, yeah, you know, as I, as I mentioned, I, I was born in, in Russia, which was the USSR. Yeah. And those lands were where the majority of the casualties occurred during World War II. Yeah. And the scars from that war are still very, very fresh. The trauma is not healed. Mm. And I reflect on, and, you know, we have... In the US, right, we got Vietnam, we got Korea, we still have, we have Iraq and Afghanistan, we have yeah. uh, guys and, and women who are in that dark place right now as we're speaking. Yeah. <clears throat> and I reflect on how, yeah, if, if we keep on this current road, if, if that line remains the, the central axis and the planet does heat up and the resources dwindle, there will be war. Yeah, inevitable. And man, it's hard for us to get it, you know, it's, it's hard for us to get our shit together even in times of peace. <laughs> uh, Very true. It's gonna, you know, so there is an urgency. Yeah, yeah there is an urgency. But there's also a lot of hope. 100%. 100%. Conversations like these always re refuel that hope where I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. There's a, lot <laughs> more, a lot more people are activated than, than many are aware of and think. Right. And that right. kind of, their missions right. have kind of really awakened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that we're in this amazing moment, right? Where for the first time we can bring together the knowledge of all cultures amazing traditions, songs, mm. wisdom, spiritual, great spiritual teachers that we can learn from from the past, from all the traditions. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think we need to, yes, yeah, sit by fires near trees. If, if that's not possible, we, you know, we can Zoom. That's also extraordinary and absolutely amazing. We're speaking across a continent right, right now. Yeah. And figure it out. Yeah. But that's the, that's the cool aspect of what's kind of unfolding that I'm seeing at least more is this, because it all starts with curiosity. 
ultimately, you know, and I, I've seen so many more people, regardless of where they align with, of what's going on in the world, that this past kind of year and a half has really kind of forced people to either really dedicate themselves towards that internal curiosity, that kind of role, that development of self-mastery and self-love and healing, or they've just kind of got caught up even more in, you know, the, the cycles and the, the past inertia that's just, you know, still in that feedback loop. But those that have really taken that, that path of liberation of unfoldment, it's been tenfold. I've just seen so many people in my network that have just like revelation after revelation after revelation like and that's the the almost the universal energy that i find is kind of it's almost like the parent like ready to catch a tot like the baby if they're about to fall you know it's just like the universe is here for us it's just like all we got to do is just start using our feet now and that natural momentum the energy will shift at some point where that just inertia takes over where it's just and the love and the light is way more powerful than anything in the dark so it's like it'll just kind of I don't know. I will say it'll just shine forth and just fill everyone's heart. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's very possible. You know, I, I I think we're always going to have we're human beings. So even like we're animals, right? When you look at animals, <laughs> they do a lot of silly stuff, and and we're animals, and we're always going to do silly things. We'll always, you know, maybe take one extra cookie at you know tea time or whatever than 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 we should. So like grandma doesn't get a cookie or something but but we can have a really good life oh yeah <laughs> it's a great world and I, I think that you know one thing that trying to trying to study these traditions the, these these old traditions that were everywhere on the earth until relatively recently when you consider the, the kind of history of our species. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my paradigm is beginning to shift where I do think that plants have a consciousness and they want us to do well because we're totally interdependent, right? Yeah. Our well-being is their well-being. Yeah. And they are, they know a lot of stuff. They've been around for a really long time. They're much older than we are. Yeah. And I think that they can help us very rapidly. I wouldn't, if there, yeah, if, if the hour wasn't nigh, I would not be thinking about any of this because it is kind of a little bit bold what, what, what I'm proposing. Although many people are thinking along these lines, uh, I, I just want to, yeah, do it above ground, you know, within the law and just yeah. religious freedom. Well, I think it comes back to that. Right. Yeah. Well, it comes back to that point of, you know, I always like to quote Buck, Mr. Fuller on this, or at least loosely paraphrase, but it's that understanding where in order to really create a new system, you have to make one so efficient that it just, the other one just naturally goes obsolete. And I believe that is the natural evolution of where we're developing as, is that unification, again, of bringing out that we are not just the, the human or the spiritual being, but we are a human being. We are a harmony of both. And that is our ultimate expression here is to really bring forth the love and the consciousness of all aspects of life and integrate it into the human experience. So just to see it, like, you know, I don't see it as bold at all. I just see it as the natural unfoldment, like 
there's zero reason why we shouldn't be using these. Like we've had them in our culture since the beginning of our culture. Like it's a right. part of it's a part of how we literally developed as people. Right. Can you break down, you know, what that quote is kind of saying to you in the context of our conversation? It's the sense of here I find that when we finally create a culture that actually aligns with the human spirit. Mm. everything else superficial will just naturally fall away because it just can't, it can't compete with what joy, with what depth of just experience that this newfound integration of our spiritual beingness and, you know, the sacred plants, the culture, just ancestral wisdom that yeah. it, it just can't compete with that because there's yeah. not going to, the moment it, anything tries to enter that field, it's just not going to resonate with it and it can't even, it won't last. It's like those recognitions yeah. when you, when you finally see, you know, whatever the, you know, we have many versions of how people come to the truth, but when you finally have that clearing of the ground and you see it and you experience that oneness, that, that unification with life itself as life itself, you can't unsee that. So it's just, it's taking all of these understandings of people who have gone through this journey of healing, of self-discovery, of unfoldment, you know, awakening, enlightenment, whatever people want to call it. Like when you partake in that journey and come to really taste the waters, you can't go back to eating, you know, to eat in the dirt. <laughs> it becomes harder. <laughs> right. It takes a lot more force for you to go back. And I guess that's um, the thing is, you know, you you get caught up more in that natural inertial, like that, uh, that energy of just what resonates with our heart. And when you begin to get led by your heart, then everything else feels a little foreign and it just doesn't have that. It doesn't have the same depth of satisfaction or even just, the flavors aren't even aligning anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally resonate with that. And I, I think that that's why community, you know, that's what makes community so incredibly important. Mm. Because, yeah. I mean, even in this conversation, right, we're reminding each other of certain principles and certain things we've learned along the way. And we're very forgetful beings. <laughs> like we need, we need constant reminders. We need encouragement from each other. We need yeah. love and friendship and fun. We really need belonging. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, but I, I really, I really like what you're saying that. Yeah. These are, these are really powerful and beautiful I mean, all of this, right? Yeah, when you connect to these traditions, when you connect yeah. to your own heart, when you're, when you connect to, when you start feeling not that, let's say, a piece of the earth belongs to you, but that you belong to that place, right? You belong to the earth. Yeah. You're a shepherd. You're a shepherd here to help. <laughs> Well, this this is this is this is a line I, I learned from from some some uh, indigenous teacher. I, I actually, it slips my mind who, but it struck me. Yeah, that it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's just right. We belong to the earth. It's not it's not it's not ours, but we're hers. You know, once oh, once once we kind of start falling in love in that way. I, I, I think the, the Sufis are very good at talking about, you know, this kind of hmm. and just falling in love. It's so it's so beautiful that 
you want more. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then there's what's happening around you, right? Where a lot of the society is saying, like, would you like a Big Mac and some fries? And, and, like, yeah, that stuff's kind of good sometimes, <laughs> you, you know? So I, I think that what we see a lot with the, with the retreats, and I'm, I hope it's cool. I, I feel like we're, we're moving into the, like, rambling tangential oh, yeah, let's get it. realm. But that's a good thing, I, I think. What, what you see a lot with the retreats is, right, folks go, they have a very, very powerful experience, let's say. But there isn't really much help with integrating that ex- those experiences or making sense of them, right? Am yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I totally understand that. <laughs> and then also people part, right? They're, they're on some incredible experience together, truly mm-hmm. incredible. Let's say in the, in the Amazon, you know, but then they all go back to their, their separate places and the habit energies begin to return. Mm. Let me speak simply just the habits, the habits begin to return. Yeah. So community, hashtag community. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is the importance of having that many, it's also interesting when you think about the concept of intention and especially, you know, when you do approach these sacred rituals, when, you know, with your specific yearning of the heart or that highest aspiration, um, when you have so many people geared towards that fulfillment of your highest truth, and then you're all separated from that. It's just like any other type of drug, you know, you kind of go through that almost withdrawal period because there is such an energy shift when you have that many like-minded beings and heart centered focused beings together that it, it really is just this natural vibration where that's also kind of the exciting thing about this though, is like when you really think of the community aspect, you're like, Oh my gosh, that is the potential. Everyone just like always just immersed in this high on life flow, like that centered focused path, like, and then when it goes away, it really is a, t- a testament to your own. I've come to experience this in my own kind of many years of, you know, chewing and stewing on the my experiences and just kind of assimilating them into my being where mm-hmm. it's, if you're not always consciously working on, you know, trying to understand fully what you experienced or to the best of your abilities to it just it's it's gonna get memory hold it's like what you were saying earlier like we're kind of forgetful beings you know but so it's like it's remain it's maintaining that kind of curiosity and that drive to really take it home to really take the lesson and bring it out into the truth of your being so it's it is fascinating when you think about that that concept of how can we make this kind of that community that is ever present. But I guess that's the challenge for those that are kind of undergoing this early path. You know, I think that's the thing is, you know, we, we talked about shamanism a little bit earlier where it's, I feel like this is what a lot of people are reawakening into is just our shamanistic roots. So all of these early experiencers and those who are tapped into this realm, they're the ones that are really like, okay, so now it's like, spread your seeds, you know, like it's, it's, it's time to really start to learn what you're going through and come to recognize like how far you can take this and the application of it. So to go in a long way around it, it's, it's fascinating just to see that, that shift arise when the energies come back, 
you know, and are you really going to assimilate them? I think the integration of all of this stuff and the, you know, and bringing these deeper spiritual teachings and sacred knowledge, that's incredibly important is how can we integrate that consciously? Hmm. Right, right, exactly. And, and I feel like we need a place to chill together <laughs> after, right? You know, the way that, the way that I imagine it is, you know, part of it is kind of bringing together the city and the land. So, because especially folks in the cities, which is the majority of us now, mm -hmm. at least at least in the U.S., uh, there there may be some countries where still the majority lives in the countryside, but in in, in much of the world, let's say that's. Yeah, much of the world, the majority is in the city. We become yeah. so disconnected from those roots in the, in the cities, right? And so to me, it's like, all right, we get together weekly, you know, and we do the we do the Buddhist thing. There's there's uh, you know, we, we sit together in meditation, we're taught the different techniques and and and, and tools of meditation. We have tea and chill, we just have a sangha. But then we go to the countryside and we we have beautiful ceremony there mm. and connection with the earth. Mm. Then we come down from that proverbial mountaintop back into the valley, into our neighborhood, and we form integration groups, mm. small groups where we hang out, we have dinners at each other's houses, we go for rambles along the river, you know, we, we, we can you know, meet up at a, at, a, at a coffee shop and just talk about how's it all unfolding, you know, in the nitty gritty of, of everyday life. Yeah. And, and kind of weave it in, weave it in, you know, have the, there's a, there's a, Right when we when we open our hearts, and this is what the plants teach us to do. There's a there's a kind of stream of, of knowledge, mm. and there's a stream of knowledge that that comes. But then to understand it and to to weave it into the fabric of our lives, make it richer, yeah. into our presence in our communities as as individuals and, and families. Mm. Yeah, that that integration piece is really really important, and we can kind of we can bring the wisdom together. We can learn it's, it can be essentially crowdsourced the technology, right? Yeah. How, how to do this together. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be <clears throat> some kind of, we can figure it out together. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And that's what it's going to take to make the, I guess you would say to, take that energy from the mountaintop and to really allow it to flourish and gravitate in its own field. And that's the fascinating thing of the energy aspect. You know, I've recently, I've had the experience um, of getting a chance to spend like two weekends in like just dense, lush nature and then coming back to the city. And it's such a, it's such a shift. 
Oh like you could goodness. literally feel it. Like once you get, you, you start passing all these electrical lines, you know, you get all across the bridge, all the cars, you're like literally in, like you see the skyscrapers and all these things. And it's just, yeah. you feel just the, the heaviness of it. And that's something that to me has been even more powerful. The more I've kind of gotten to this, the more I've continued to live life and experience things, yeah. the energies have become so much more subtle yet powerful. And it's those tiny shifts where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can actually feel my heart not I can feel the field or that I radiate have so much more pressure putting on it from this, you know, from the cityscape, from the urban environment. And it's yeah. fascinating just to see where it's like we don't even understand the long-term effects that it's really done to us, other than through the manifestation of all the chaos we're in right now, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting thing. I, I, I'm kind of in the middle of that right now too, you know, because yeah, I was just basically living on a mountain floor, <laughs> but for like three months, you know, and suddenly I'm in Philly. It's, <laughs> and, it, and it's Philly too. Like it's it's Philly, like... Philly, Philly don't play. It's very like, gritty <laughs> town. You know, I love it. I love it. I think this land is very powerful. I think there's something going on in the land here. It's I think it's special, but I think that, you know, as we learn together in, in such communities, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to propose and, you know, explain in detail, I'm hoping to start a YouTube channel shortly and create this community and actually hopefully make it happen that's in the Buddhist tradition. But I think that people are going to be doing it in all the spiritual, mystical, spiritual traditions that we have. You know, I think it's going to be happening in the Christian, Jewish mysticism, Hindu, and the Sufi tradition. I think there's going to be amazing dialogue and sharing of teachings between these kinds of communities. Mm. And I think also that it's all the beginning of a kind of complete cultural renaissance if, if, if i can you know I've been, yeah kind of you know, thinking about this because actually in the renaissance what they did in, in in you know starting in italy is they went back to the sources they went back to the sources of the of the romans but especially of the greeks yeah. and they had this kind of motto ad fontes uh, which means to the sources, go to the sources. Yeah. And I think that what we're doing in, in, in these kinds of, is we're going back to the sources, the plants, the indigenous people, the, the ancient traditions back there for the true water of life, you know, mm. that, that we need for the wasteland to become, to flourish again. Mm. So mm. I think that, there will be, I hope, if we if we can pull this off quickly enough, I, I think there's going to be an amazing <clears throat> cultural, yeah, complete cultural renaissance where the way that we teach teach our children, the way that we relate to the to the dying and to the process of death, the way we relate to universities. Mm. the way that the role that the arts play in society because the arts are so incredibly important in these healing ways 
yeah, yeah. Right? music especially mm-hmm. but i think all the arts i think is going to experience a renaissance as we return to the sources the plants school us and we hopefully do our homework and integrate <laughs> it and you know build build good things with a different central axis yeah central axis being the sacred which we could also just say the earth right? yeah that's that's ultimately the one thing because some of my background it's like um i'm black i'm jewish native and like native american that is and the one thing that i've always seen from both sides of my family is that ancient tie of the reason why natives were so one of many reasons why it was such an entombment and alignment with nature was because it is literally our, it's like our canvas that we can paint on to understand the divine. It's like, we're in this material body. We're on this planet. We're in this unification as, you know, creatures of earth that we're here to fully experience this life in harmony with it, because that's the only real truth that there is, you know, that we are not separate from earth that I like, I really like what you said earlier from the, your, the, the teacher at Peru is that, you know, we are, we belong to earth. Yeah. It's, it's that different understanding where you take out that ego aspect of it and it comes back to that unification, that oneness. And through that, you come to appreciate everything. You know, I think one of the most powerful practices I learned from like my spirit, my like native roots was really just to, to listen to the wind. And it's like, it sounds super cheesy. It's like, listen to the wind, watch the sky, simply be present. And it's like, but even that is just like, you, you align that with the Dharmic teachings. And it's just like that state of just emptiness of just allowing yourself to be is yeah. so powerful when we, and when we don't have that because the hustle and bustle, we find ourselves just in this weird mix of consistent action and tension. There's never a state or a contraction. There's never a state of relaxation. Right. So I think that's the real beauty of what you're talking about in terms of really leading this in the sense of really shifting that, that, that central vertical access point is to recognize the necessity of both, you know, the contraction and the relaxation, but the relaxation is really what's always been lacking in our current world. But the fact that you said it's like the cultural renaissance, like you have no idea how much like my heart shine when you said that. Cause I was like, yes, I've totally seen that. I've, I've, I've felt that like, I've just had this knowing for, for like at least like 15 years now where we're the generations that are meant to kind of, and I, I agree with you. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we're really meant to acts a lot of these institutions and how they're structured and just rebuild them like the point of them yes we get that necessities mm-hmm. i clearly see that but in terms of the way that they're it's almost like the soil that they're growing in needs to be completely redone we need to have a better foundation we really need to root it in that sacred knowledge and i just want to say alexi thank you so much for coming on creatives chat i'm going to have you hold on real quick for the after show but are there any last words for our audience members i think that what i want to say today to the folks that are connected is that it's very important for us to believe in ourselves and it's very important for us to have hope and never yield to despair and never surrender, that surrender is really not an option for us. (laughs) And that there are lots and lots of 
people and traditions that are playing a kind of melody for us that if we just hear and listen, really listen to it, it'll be like this kind of opening to knowledge that we've been talking about in our conversation. Mm. And we can hear very, very, very deep knowledge. We don't even need to precisely understand where it's coming from. We could say, if one is an atheist, you could say it's coming from the depths of your unconscious or DNA. You know, if you're a person of faith, you can use the language of your tradition. But the important thing is to hear it because it gives courage. Mm. And then we can and start whistling along and learn the melody and it will begin to grow stronger yeah. and it'll turn into a symphony <laughs> and we can all learn it and just make great music together. Oh, oh, that was so beautiful, yo. With all, with all, all the animals and the birds and the mountains and stars, every, every, every part of the cosmos, we can kind of sing together, and we can find our place in the circle again. I think that nature wants us to find that place and is, is inspiring us in that direction. So let's all encourage each other and make it happen. That was so beautiful. <laughs> that was so beautiful. And with that, roll the outro. <laughs> that concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Storically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com. Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com. Thank you for joining us. Have a happy always. It's like humans really are the only ones singing the wrong note. If you were to think of like all of nature and life itself tuning and harmonizing itself, it's just like, we're the only ones that are like flat. We're like, they're like everyone's looking around. Like, what are you guys doing right now? Like, come on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think we're taking kind of a special role to be able to be off. You know, and maybe there's something cool and beautiful about that. Mm. You know the what I mean? Yeah, the potential. It allows, it, allows, it allows for a really good story to be told. Right. Well, and I think about it like this, too, <laughs> the sense of just how life likes to play its themes, where we can't fully take a next step of evolution until we come to realize the whys. 
you know, until we come to appreciate that journey of change, we never really commit ourselves fully to it. So we kind of have to go into that, like, you know, that epic societal humanitarian, like humanity, dark night of the soul for us to really kind of realize like, oh, wow, life is a gracious, precious gift. And subscribe to be notified of future episodes. 100%, right?